Kurt was a vlogger in the early days of YouTube. Why didn't you tell me you had a YouTube channel? I took it down, the videos, the channel, a while ago. Where he used to scream about video games. Do you think our information may have been leaked somewhere? Doxing. No, I don't think we've been doxed. Now, his relationship will be put to the test. No one is going to get in this house. If not... This is our home. No one can drive us from our home. When one night, he is visited by a shadow person. Who are you calling? The police! No! Don't do that! Who won't stop tickling his feet? <laughs> Chasing the Ghost, a new play by Ashley Lauren Rogers, directed by Samantha DeManby. At the Walls Theater for Performing Arts, McKay Building at Fitchburg State University. Fitchburg, Massachusetts, December 7th through the 14th. Visit theforgetheaterlab.org for specific dates and ticketing info. Is It Transphobic will be addressing issues of transphobia and transmisogyny. We may also address issues of racism, classism, ableism, and various other intersectional issues in this podcast. So this is a trigger warning. The panelists on Is It Transphobic will also use strong language. So listener discretion is advised. everyone this is Ashley Lauren Rogers you're probably going to get real sick of my voice because I'm advertising a whole bunch of stuff but that's because me and a bunch of our contributors are working on a bunch of stuff so without further ado we're going to be talking about one day at a time and it's a really good show I am so mad at myself for not watching it while it was on Netflix it's still on Netflix but they unfortunately canceled it, and its cancellation is how I found out about it, and about the wonderful community that is surrounding it, and that was trying to uplift it and try and get maybe one more season. It lasted three seasons, which is a lot of, which is a lot of seasons, but still, it's not enough. And this was a truly talented show. Uh, so, with all hopes, we'll be able to see more from the folks within it. And yeah, uh, I hope you like what Silas and I have to say. I had the opportunity to sit down with playwright, novelist, life coach, and all-around awesome person, Ray Mariah McCarthy. We're going to play a clip of my interview with them now. It was tricky because, like, in the end, the, the Blue Fairy comes along, like, in the original story, mm. the Blue Fairy comes along and says, because you have been good, I will now make you a real boy. Mm. And that was not the message that I wanted to send. absolutely subscribe. They're available anywhere that you can listen to Is It Transphobic? And you can also go to girltalespodcast.com uh, and you can hear their tale, the one that they mentioned about Pinocchio, live in New York City, Sunday, June 23rd at 11 a.m. at Books Are Magic. That's at 225 Smith Street in Brooklyn.
The best part is that this will be a show for all ages, and it is free. I've just been told that Scowl is coming back to New York City. That's right, Scowl, heavyweight champion, April Rain. Wow, doesn't she sound amazing? We'll be defending her championship in an open challenge. Now, you never know who might show up to accept this challenge. Could the Edison Destructor robot make an appearance? Who knows? Uh, maybe standout of Scowl Fight for Your Rights, Kyle Oren? Ooh, that's Space Wizard. Or, coming off their big win from Steampunk Symposium in Cincinnati, could we see London Jack take up the challenge? Ooh, that posh werewolf. You'll have to show up and find out, as both these events are part of Worldwide Pride celebrating 50-year anniversary of the Stonewall Riots. Now, there are two chances to see this one. The first is June 19th at the Crane Theater for the Paper Crane event, which you can get tickets at Paper Crane, that's Crane with a K and an E at the end, dot com. $10 at the door, but if you get them now, that's right, they're only $8. So order them now. The other one is free! That's right, it's part of the Pride Plays Theater Festival at the Rattlestick, and it's going to be happening on Monday, June 24th at noon, and it's part of the Trans Lab collection of plays, collection of new works. You can get the ticket link to this one, as well as the Paper Crane Show, at the Scowl website. That's scowlfight.com. So remember, June 19th at the Crane and June 24th at the Rattlestick. Scowlfight.com. Thank you so much for listening. Now enjoy Silas, myself, and Ray talk about a series of unfortunate events. In the tradition of Watchmen, Sin City, Frank Miller's Batman, and other dark knights of the comic and graphic novel world, Step One Theater Project invites you to solve the mystery of Mahogany Brown and the case of the disappearing kid, as reported by Gina Femia. It all happens July 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th at 7 p.m. at the Tank. That's 312 West 36th Street, New York City. It was a day like any other, except different. It was different. The air was a little bit too still and the trees were a bit too tall. That day, Jimmy Jones's little boy disappeared. Follow Private Eye, Mahogany Brown, as she searches for the child supposedly taken by the nameless. As the case progresses, clues appear to reveal more about Mahogany Brown than she is ready to handle. Presented in Glorious Noir, Step 1 brings you a summer thriller full of dark comedy, mystery, and drama. Gina Femia wrote a tale of mystery darkly directed by Janelle Zapata Castellano and featuring Alicia Espinoza as the effective detective Mahogany Brown, with Xavier Rodney as the jumpy Jimmy Jones, friend of the show Lara Fox as Sunshine, and a special appearance by Is It Transphobic contributors Rachel Weekly and Silas Barrett as the mysterious nameless. That's right. Uh, if you want to check out more, look up Step One Theater Project. Uh, you can also go to the Tank's website, that is thetanknyc.org. And yeah, it's going to be a good show. I'm working as a production manager on the project. Uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone. My name is Ashley Lauren Rogers. I'm the producer and the creator of the Is It Transphobic podcast. And today I'm being joined. Oh, my pronouns are she, her, or they, them. I always go right into it. Uh, but today I'm being joined by... Uh, Silas Barrett, and I use he, him pronouns. Awesome. So let's talk about one day at a time. 
Now, first, we should acknowledge both of us are white people. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm very white. Yeah. Sorry. It, it is what it is, but yeah, <laughs> like I, there are so many more episodes of the show, and I'd love to have more accurate representation talking about it because these are not stories that are. Mm, it is not as much of a big thing for us to see this representation is what I'm trying to say. Mm. I think that there there's definitely people who this show being able to see it on Netflix and have access to it isn't a very important thing that we just don't have that perspective on. Yes. That said, from our perspective, and we've I can I can let this out. We both loved this show. Yes, we did. Um so with that in mind, let's talk about, we're talking about four specific episodes. I'm going to pull up my notes on them, but they're all from season two, specifically because they deal with a character named Sid, who is introduced. Uh, Sid is non-binary, Sid uses they, them pronouns, and Sid is just a delight. I love Sid so much. Sid, Sid and Elena have an amazing oh. relationship. Oh, uh. Here we go. My notes are here. So Silas, yes. uh, we watched, and these are all out of context. We did not watch. Like I, I hate to say it because I didn't even know about this series until I heard it was canceled. Like it may yeah. have been, and even then, like the bits and pieces that I had kind of heard were like, "Oh, I guess it's a soap opera." Like it's it's got a soap opera title. I was just right. like, okay. Uh, so I just didn't even bother. And then hearing all about it and hearing the best way to get me to watch a thing is to tell me, hey, there are queer people in this. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that checks out. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So did you know about this show? Was it on your radar before I assigned it? What what is the show? to not, you? Said? It was not on my radar at all. I think the only thing I knew about it is that I had seen sort of the weird title cards that netflix puts up right before mm. the computer like your tv goes to sleep mm -hmm. and it's a very odd picture where none of them really look like themselves and mm. i was like oh this is a weird sitcom with i think i thought like i didn't recognize the actress um i'm blanking on her name now but she's amazing i've seen her in other things mm. now i can't think but i was just like oh no, it's some sitcom i don't like sitcoms and i <laughs> never heard mm. anything about it until you mentioned it mm. And now it's Oops. canceled, and now I'm mad oh. at the worst possible time. I should have been mad months oh, ago. And don't you always, like, like, whenever that happens and you discover a show that's already ended or is ending, mm -hmm. and you're like, this is my fault, personally. Mm -hmm. If I had watched it when it was on, that yeah. one demographic, like, that would have made the difference mm -hmm. between having more seasons. Which is not true, but I always mm -hmm. feel that way. Ah. Well, even, like, I, I felt that way with Sense8, because mm -hmm. I remember, I think, season two came out a few days after they announced it was going to be canceled or like it was some time period. I yeah. hadn't watched it yet. And it was like a very quick, it was like, quick. It had just come out and they said, Oh, by the way, we're canceling this. And I was just like, well, why would I watch the rest of it now? And that sucks. And I don't like that attitude, but at the same time, it's tough to get invested in something that you know is canceled or is going to be canceled. It's still really good though. Yeah. Like, and it, it lasted for they three seasons. did a good job with it's, it's the so early good. cancellation. They were just like, okay, fine. <laughs> do you want everything that you dreamed of and mm -hmm. plot whatever but these characters are amazing and they did that and it was great yeah so let's talk about the episodes that we watched because uh, again we 
we had not watched the first season. We jumped right into season two. Uh, the first one being episode three to zero with love. Uh, do you want to kind of run through the beats of what happened or? Yes, I can do that. I'm like trying to remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like what happened? Yeah. So um, Elena, who is, is the, the daughter and she is a lovely social activist nerd uh, and I mean that in the highest, most complimentary way that you could mean that. Um, comes home to the apartment with a bunch of her friends who are doing some uh, activist protesting of a video game and introduces all her friends to her mother and grandmother and the grandmother's sort of on again, off again, not really boyfriend who's a doctor who's also her mom's boss. <laughs> and they do that thing that we all love to do where she introduces each one and they, they or they rather introduce themselves and they give their pronouns mm-hmm. in the beginning. So I use she, her, I use they, them, I, I use Zizir, and everyone's like, what? <laughs> so, and specifically, and I'm not going to try and do accent work at all because it's, nope. No. Uh, but Lydia, the, uh, the grandmother, the abuela. <gasps> Uh, she says, ah, I'm Lydia, pronouns Lydia. <laughs> and honestly, I thought that was hilarious. I think, let's let's analyze that for a moment, because it was a, it was a very, it was showing confusion about introducing pronouns. And that could have gone very disastrously. Did, do you feel yes. like that moment worked? I yeah, I think so. And mm-hmm. and um Sorry, I'm just gonna pull that closer. Hello. I, I think it did work and, and also I thought both um uh Penelope's reaction and uh Leslie, the doctor boyfriend slash boss, mm. um also had sort of similar reactions where they expressed like I am completely lost in kind of a funny jokey way, mm. but not like it in an insulting way. Mm. Um, they were just sort of like, who and what, what, what are you, what are you talking about? And, you know, it's, the point is very much to introduce this concept to these characters who haven't encountered yet. And that was pretty realistic, you know, versus like if they'd immediately reacted, you know, oh, I've heard about pronouns thing. Ugh, why do children do this or something like that would have been, but I, I thought it was kind of funny and. I wouldn't be offended if somebody reacted to me that way, I guess. Yeah, it felt you very know? real. It did feel very like, you know, it wasn't immediately like, oh, yeah, we need to we need to get on. Like, it didn't feel like it was judging one way or another. It was, oh, oh, this is a thing. Okay. Like, there was even a moment, and I, I forget uh, which character specifically said it, but after, um, after Elena was like, all right, everyone needs to get himself, herself, themselves, yourself, like th- something like yeah, giving uh, like give, basically like uh, uh, coordinating right. And instead of saying names, like she's yeah. gonna go here and they're gonna go there and Zir's gonna go over here. Yep. And one of them, I I want to say it was the the mother <laughs> said she must have practiced that. And, right. And I actually didn't hate that because you know what? Yeah, some it's for a lot of folks true. it does take practice. Like it, I think for everyone it takes yeah. practice. Mm-hmm. I think that that that's always 
overlooked yeah that idea when whenever you you encounter resistance to like learning either like new conjugations like for z and zir or even just changing how you refer to someone who you previously used different pronouns for there's mm. always that sort of like well you know it, it's really hard and you're like mm. well i mean it's not that hard but also like it does take effort yeah i mean i had to take effort when i changed my own pronouns mm. because i've been calling myself she her for many years mm. and it was a habit and I had to practice. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm sure that Elena is the kind of person who's like, oh, I have a new friend and they use easier or they I have a friend who changed their pronouns. I'm going to, you know, devote a little mental effort mm. to doing that. So, yeah, she probably did practice it. That's OK. Yeah. Like, I, I, I didn't hate that. I, I didn't thought it was hate actually that. like, yeah, I thought it was very they did a good job of towing the line between being very realistic with the characters but also not being disrespectful, in my opinion. I thought so, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, actually, there was so there was another line. So they, they came back from the protest uh, fairly early because the games, I think it was a GameStop was actually what they were talking about because it was closed or something. Yeah, or like it was like closed on yeah. Saturdays and yeah, it was closed wherever Saturdays. they were going to protest. Like, and like, I don't okay. know when it was there. That's, that is one thing I want to talk about. This The show wants to love geek culture and have geek characters, but seems to miss the mark on like, does like enough research to get a joke more so than some. Yeah. But at the same time, uh. it's just like, Okay. <laughs> yeah. And that's like a um, common problem yeah. too, where they're writing a character, like if you're not the same kind of nerd mm-hmm. as the character you're writing to just sort of do the surface level research. Mm-hmm. And that I think might've even been sort of the thing that felt most problematic to me mm. was there was a little bit in that beginning when they're, they're talking about like they're protesting this game because they said there were going to be three non-binary options, but there mm. were only two <gasps> and like, Oh yeah. And they were kind of like, and, and that felt a little diggy at sort of like, Teenage social justice warriors getting really worked up about things that aren't important, you know? Well, I will say that that was an issue in, I forget if it was World of Warcraft or there was like a very prominent MMO uh, and they mentioned that there were going to be two non-binary options, but there was non-binary masculine and non-binary feminine. No, it was Final Fantasy fifteen. Mm-hmm. That was the one that was no, fourteen. So 15. glad you know about video games. Yeah, no, because <laughs> fifteen you. was the uh, entourage, but you're a boy band in an anime world. Um, fourteen was the MMO, and yeah, in fourteen they introduced two characters that were supposedly non-binary, but they were so coded in binary genders uh, yeah. that it didn't make any sense. Yes, and it was just like, well, okay. Fuck you. <laughs> so I I don't know if the timing was right for that when that came out, but it makes sense if it was like a year and a half, two years ago that the that season two came out. Because yeah, no, that was that was probably around the time. Right. Well, the this is this thing. is my issue with laugh tracks mm-hmm. because that line had a laugh after it, mm. and that tells me a lot of how I'm supposed to feel. Mm. Like this is now a joke because we put a laugh. Yeah, and and that and, and it doesn't necessarily mean it's terrible, but that definitely come came off to me a little bit more questionable. Mm. Like, oh, those silly teenagers. Mm. 
Yeah, that that is, and especially like we were talking about the idea of sitcoms and what makes the sitcoms in the uh, in the Patreon exclusive talk, and doing that does tell you what the producers feel is the humor. Yeah, like it. It that's that is a thing that drove me up a wall with sitcoms and why I ended up finding shows like Arrested Development and a couple of the ones that don't have laugh mm-hmm. tracks, and that's got its own problems. But um, why I found them intriguing in the beginning because they weren't holding your hand and telling you this is supposed to be funny. You yeah. make the decisions, um, but. Yeah, like there there was another one that I actually really enjoyed. Uh, if we come back up, so after talking about that, literally saying everything that you had just said, like, oh, yeah, they told us to come back because they're not open on Saturdays. Um, if we come back on Saturday, we can tour the building and get T-shirts and wear them. Ironically, <laughs> I, I that that actually I felt very, <laughs> I felt very attacked in the best way. <laughs> like yeah because I'll, I'll freely admit i literally i bought mortal kombat 11 even though i said i wouldn't because fuck ronda rousey but at the same time it's mortal kombat that's my game oh it's horrifying oh the fatalities are terrible but yeah i spent my money yeah. on it <laughs> um and it's just like yeah we we could do that but i did it ironically ironically no but i probably would have said that when i was growing up um Oh, yeah, that's fair. Now I remember it. You because you mentioned her uh, abuela's um, friend. We find out is the term that they use for each other later. Friend. Uh, her friend Doc. Uh, he says, "What a nice group of human people, friends." I heard about the pronoun thing, and now I'm afraid to speak. <laughs> I think the way he delivered it was actually no. Very the delivery warm. was good, yeah. and it's also mm-hmm. in like. That character is like that all the time. Yeah. He's got that super sort of afraid to come out of my shell. Yeah. Like his his daughter is suing him constantly. <laughs> like he's got, he's got that sort of like that trope, mm-hmm. that sort of, for lack of a better term, that like sad sack of yeah. the sitcom trope. Mm-hmm. So he's very like, ooh, about everything. So yeah. that just made sense. I was like, of course he is. Like that <laughs> that checks out. Mm-hmm. And, and also that's also really pretty realistic like there's a way to say that like in an antagonistic way to, yeah like i've definitely had people sort of admit oh, I'm, I'm i'm afraid of, mm-hmm. of messing this up and sometimes people can do it as sort of like oh, oh no apologies to everyone listening uh the live feed just died <gasps> come back just pausing and yeah so we're gonna pause right now so that i can get that moving again and then pardon and then once i've got that squared away uh we'll edit i'll just ah man i gotta do more editing no always more work Yes. Plug this into an available USB on the back of the tower. We'll see how far we can get it to go.
part 12 coming down. Hello, 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 hello. Hmm. So sorry, everyone. Uh, if you tuned in for the live stream, uh, there are computer issues. Tech is not my favorite thing in the world. It is what it is. Oh, well. Uh, that said, so let's keep talking about 2-0 with love. Um, oh, there's like, so I hate the term. So I myself hate the term junk buddy. That gets thrown out. Um, when, and I feel bad that I don't remember the, uh, mother character's name. Do you remember what her name is in the show? Penelope. Is it? Hold on. We're going to look this up. Yeah. You know, we have, we have a magical brick. We're going to use the magical brick. Magical brick. Yep. And I have to say, mm-hmm. I always mean to make lists of the names of characters and the mm. names of the actors. Because it is something that I am very bad at, just in <laughs> life, remembering names of anybody ever. Yeah. And then... Yeah. All right. So, oh, I believe the person you were talking about was uh, Rita Moreno a while ago. The the one who was like, oh, she's very famous and she's been in a lot of things. Yes, Rita Moreno. Yeah. yeah. But also, I've seen... Um, Justina Mercado? Yeah, I've seen Justina yeah. Mercado in something. I, I recognized her. Mm. Um, and oh, she's oh, she's so wonderful. Yeah. But yes, Rita Moreno is also, of course, like <laughs> the, the greatest. So yeah, so Penelope uh, gets told like, oh yeah, you know, you should just get a junk buddy by her neighbor Schneider. Uh, oh, Schneider. Oh God, I, I don't understand oh, Schneider, my but I also know Schneider. I feel <laughs> like the, I feel like... The fact that mm. Schneider is ununderstandable is the thing that saves the character. Yeah. If there was any more internal logic to the way Schneider behaves, mm. you wouldn't sort of put up with all of his sort of wealthy, you know, sort of privileged kind of 
I'm a guy and I do what I want. I sleep with all the people and I just have no consequences. And I come into your apartment and eat your food and make myself part of your family before you asked me to do that. Mm. And the only thing that saves that is the fact that he's so zany. Yeah. And everybody is kind of just like, mm, that's Schneider. It's kind of endearing. Mm. I guess we'll just roll with it. <laughs> Versus um, the Scott character mm. who Penelope works with, who is mm. just sort of your standard boring misogynist white guy with no sort of mm. focus <laughs> as a character. And I, and, and I feel like when Schneider says problematic things, they don't usually let him get away with it. Mm. And I do enjoy the sort of like, because as a, as a white person, Mm-hmm. I have definitely, in my life, made some full pause around, you know, people of color and people of different experiences than me. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of fun to just watch Schneider put his foot in it because the one thing he does do is immediately realize it and and just be like, oh, no, I'm going to hide in the corner now. <laughs> I wish, like, mm-hmm. he, he has so many lines where he'll say something and he'll be like, I wish I hadn't said that. <laughs> and there's something kind of cathartic to just be like, yeah, yeah, you shouldn't do that. And and I think it kind of saves what otherwise would just be a, a jerk. Yeah. I think, especially with Schneider, they wanted a... Like, they, they the producers almost felt like, okay, well, we need to create a zany neighbor character because that's part of the... Yeah. Like, that's, that's the whole thing with uh, sitcoms. But they also said, okay, if we're going to do that, if we make him just, like, a white guy with a lot of privilege... But that he's a decent guy. He's just an idiot in a lot of ways. Yeah. It it kind of works as a like, okay, if you're an uptight white person who wants to make sure that they're reflected in all media. <laughs> yeah, you got Schneider. Okay? You, you get happy. Schneider. You happy. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and like, yeah, Schneider's actually a pretty good character. He does have a lot of depth, as we see later. But at the same time, he's your zany neighbor who shows up. Right. He's your Kramer. He's your, yeah. um, I know that they exist elsewhere, but like Kramer's the only one that comes to mind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, uh, like the like, oh, I'm going to enter through the window. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Like you came home and I was sitting at your table eating your cereal. What? Yeah. <laughs> so um <laughs> I also really loved the I don't want to be the gay girl that asks out the straight girl. Yes. Cuz that's so Yeah, like, that's a that's a thing. And then they analyze the like, "Oh, because that's such like that is a thing." Oh, yeah, that like, sound is a that's a mm-hmm. thing. And that's that's definitely the like Oh no, how do I navigate this situation because you're a great person but I did not read it this way. And, and I'm kind of stalling cuz I don't want to say anything yeah. hurtful because I actually care about you but also that's not going to happen. And so we we should point out that at that point she's pursuing a different person. Like we keep talking about Sid and Sid is introduced and immediately uh but she's talking to this uh, person who I don't remember the name of, but who yeah. seems like just like a very nice person and very bubbly. And you find out like as Elena is about to ask her out that she volunteers like, oh yeah, I'm going to go to this with my girlfriend. And it's like, 
oh, oh so no. you're gay, but yeah. <laughs> I was worried about the wrong problem. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you're gay, but you're taken. Dang. Um, which then leads to Sid asking out uh, Elena. Which is one of those things, because they don't build up Sid as a, like, oh, yeah, like, hey, I also exist. Yeah. What's up? I'm Sid. They're all, all the whole group's introduced, and then yeah. you don't really talk about any of them except for the one love interest. Yeah. It's hard to remember their names, because they do this thing where mm-hmm. once they all introduce their pronouns, they keep referring to them by, by their, their pronouns. pronouns, but not grammatically correctly mm-hmm. which was really the thing that threw me the i think maybe the most mm. well when you say that uh what do you mean like well instead so they would have said um are you gonna ask her out and instead yeah. they would say are you gonna ask she out so they were like using the pronouns almost as titles mm. are you you know yeah and, and it i couldn't quite figure out if it bothered me or not mm. Um, it felt a little bit strange to me, sort of as like a harping mm. on the fact that we know these people use different pronouns and that's really important. And so we're like really kind of leaning on it. Mm. it I don't know. It, it didn't I'll happen admit. that much, but it, it threw me a bit. Yeah, I'll admit that didn't register to me. But now that you mention it, OK, no, that's that's the thing I would probably need to take another look at and see how it's actually used again, because I, I don't know. Yeah. Huh. Because I know in later episodes, and this was a note that I had, I, I don't know if it was just different people writing for the character or what, but um, there are a bunch of moments specifically in episode seven exclusive where they're talking about like how at one point um, uh, the brother uh, Papito says, like, I, I know that's not his actual name, but that's what they refer to him as in yes. the show. Uh, Josh? Was it? Okay, but anyway, uh, Pepito. Alex. 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 Where's Alex? Oh, he's um, not on the yeah. board for some I reason. Right. I was like, why, Josh? No, okay, no. yeah, no. but yes, right. Alex is the, Alex. is the character's name. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so Alex uh, says like, "Hey, you're the one with the girlfriend," and Elena goes, "Yeah," which okay, that's cute, but. My immediate thought was to go like the good place, Janet, not a girl, not a girl. (laughs) Well, and it's interesting you bring that up because I also noticed that um, both Sid and Elena consistently refer to themselves as gay. Yeah. And sort of in that same way. I can't remember Mm -hmm. if the the term how often the term girlfriend is used. used But I did notice that they, they had sort of that almost as though we were two lesbians kind of way of speaking about it mm-hmm. which, which yeah yeah like Jinx. for me it definitely distracted me there is a certain extent that i could maybe write it off as they're still young and figuring out relationship language dynamics especially we don't know how long sid has been out as non-binary maybe sid and elena have had a conversation where they're okay with like, yeah, I'm okay with the term girlfriend, but at the same time, just, you know, respect my pronouns. But often other people aren't, including Elena, when Sid is not around. Uh, and so it is one of those things where it's like there may be a background conversation that has been had between Elena and Sid if these were two real humans that we're just not seeing in the show that 
I have to do a little bit of mental gymnastics to kind of get around, but it is something that I give a little bit of leeway when it comes to youth figuring out their place in a relationship. Yeah, I agree with that. I actually, I was talking to my partner about mm-hmm. it, who is non-binary, um, and, and more on the, the femme side of mm-hmm. non-binary in as far as like how how my partner reads to other people Mm. and that sort of issue of like when you're non-binary you you run into this problem of having to be like hyper specific yeah about how you describe yourself because if if you're sort of in more of what people would call a binary scale Mm. there's a certain amount of rules that you can sort of fall back on whereas non-binary it's like well, do we have to use a different word for everything? Like, mm-hmm. how do we fit in? You know, and 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 I know that like the sort of the question of you know, Sid is a what most people would call a more female appearing or a femme appearing person. Um, you know, a, a even like Elena tends to dress a little bit more in sort of like I like masculine clothing and like suits and looks even than than Sid does. Mm-hmm. Um, and sort of that question of it becomes really complicated and and really time consuming to try to explain that and ask everybody like not just learn my pronouns, but also learn to never call me a girlfriend or also learned like, and are we going to use the term queer? Are we going to use the term gay? And it really seems like, especially for Elena having come out so recently, she comes out during season one, Mm. like the label of gay, I think is really, really important for a lot of people when they first come out. And I think that a conversation like they didn't even I think you're right like even just a conversation with the two of them that we got to witness mm. would have been nice for clarity because more because I'm thinking about a, a cis straight audience member and how mm. they might read that mm-hmm. and and sort of the missed opportunity but like I can it it still strikes me as realistic I guess yeah. that these two people would kind of go for a more sort of standard we're young they're like what 15 16 yeah and, and so mm. yeah I don't know the the other thing is cuz I will fully admit we jumped around in the season specifically because I was looking for the episodes that Sid the first episodes that Sid existed in and so it was season two, episodes three, five, seven, and then 11. So there may have been conversations in between that we were not privy to because we have a lot on our plate and just had to focus on yeah. the explicit trans representation. Because mm-hmm. um, an entire season is a lot of time. Yeah. As much as I'm very excited to take another look at and we will probably be revisiting one day at a time, especially because there's a whole other season that sort also exists. Yeah. Um but Right, so they they may have gotten into yeah, some of these things like this, later on, which makes yeah. sense. I mean it mm-hmm. it's gotta develop over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, so that that was an issue. What was the other one that like like there was a moment in episode seven where Elena said, like, made a comment about uh, liking girls and Sid agreed. And it was like, well, OK. <laughs> right. But yeah. Um, yeah. So let's talk about because this is a cross section of things that we are both incredibly passionate about. <laughs> uh, episode five, 
where Elena and Sid are about to go to the Comic-Con. To the Comic-Con. The Comic-Con. <laughs> Which <laughs> Comic-Con is happening at night? I'm yeah. so confused. Well, maybe like I mean, I guess the costume day. shows like, usually yeah. are mm-hmm. in the evening. But they're talking about like a full like day's yeah, worth of... Yeah, but it's... It's later in the yeah. I didn't understand the timing of that at all. They're, they're going, going to the, the opera and to the Comic Con yep. at the same time. Like that's the thing. You're you're looking at like the eighteen plus panels at this point. Depending right? on the Comic Con. <laughs> yeah, and that was the only thing I could yeah. I, yeah. I was I was confused by the timing, but that might have just been a, a, a an execution yeah. issue where they just edited in a way that it was unclear of how much time was going by. <laughs> I also like that there was a, a follow-up to the jokes of uh, Abuela being like, okay, you have to, uh, Lydia being like, you have, like, there are certain things you have to, like, work on. You, there are certain things you can't say anymore. And they talk about the TARDIS. She said, TARDIS, that is a word I've been told never to say. <laughs> <laughs> and followed Followed up with uh, Penelope talking about, like, oh, well, I'm sure that, like, when the doctor is treating his patients, <laughs> talking about Doctor Who. I love that. And uh, we're talking sort of about, like, the surface level nerdery and, like, mm-hmm. often they don't delve down into what it's really like. But nothing is more young AFAB couple mm-hmm. than a Doctor and TARDIS cosplay. Yep. That is so classic. <laughs> I almost fainted. It, there's say, an episode where the where the TARDIS turns into a quote unquote woman, yep. and the Doctor and she basically talk about how they're kind of married, and I'm just like, yeah, like this Sid and 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 Elena are like, yes, that's us, but then they go classic Who too, like oh, yeah. it's a whole thing. Like that's the thing, Elena is Tom Baker, <laughs> long scarf Who. Um, she rocks it. Question, Silas, and you could feel free to tell me that this is too personal. You, you correct me if I'm wrong. You have cosplayed the Doctor. I correct? have. <laughs> I have cosplayed the Doctor for many years, mm-hmm. and cosplaying as the Doctor was instrumental in me figuring out my gender. Oh. So, um, and my partner has cosplayed with me. As uh, various companions, not never as the TARDIS. Uh-huh. That's not so much uh, their thing. Mm-hmm. But as Rose, uh, we did Eleven and River Song. We're really excited now because now there's a lady doctor, so we're going to switch. And for the oh. first time, Emily is going to cosplay, and I will pick a companion to be. Wait, are you going to be? I that's going to be amazing. Old guy, probably. You should totally be him. He's probably, like, yes. <laughs> like I can't remember his name, as evidenced by anyone who's been listening to this episode. Uh, names and me don't get names along. Names are not fun. But I knew yeah, it the, until the you asked. The father, in, in the new or the stepfather. Who, oh. Yeah, he he Gra- was the Gra- Graham. Character. Graham. Graham. Right. I knew. I knew it <laughs> who was amazing I mean you want to talk about I don't want to get distracted but yeah good representation mm. of like when you still want to include some white dudes mm-hmm. good white male characters sorry I got really excited <laughs> got really and I punched that. the mat that's what that's what you want Graham Anyway, yeah, that's a different shoot for thing. Graham. Shoot for Graham. Be, um, be more like speaking Graham. of that. So we should get into what the conceit of the episode is. The yeah. conceit <laughs> is everyone is going somewhere. Doc and uh, Doctor Berkowitz and Lydia are going to the opera in secret. In secret, um, the, uh, the uh, Alex is going to his first bar mitzvah. <laughs> um, 
that and was cute. That was that was kind of cute. Uh, and obviously, as we mentioned, Sid and Elena are going to Comic Con <laughs> late at night. Uh, but what happens is, as soon as they leave, the man uh, Max. His name I remember because <laughs> they kept saying it over and over again. Max, uh, Max he comes over to have, have a good time with Penelope. Also in secret. Also in secret. So <laughs> he secretly comes over uh, and as he's thrown his shirt off and they're trying to figure out where the best place to have a good time is, uh, suddenly the police... In a helicopter announced that there's a lockdown, like everybody stay inside. So everyone in the house comes, everyone in the apartment comes back. And they have to do the like classic. This is like a classic sitcom thing. Yeah, like, they're like all trapped in the same apartment mm-hmm. thing. Yep. Schneider comes down because he's afraid to be alone because there's like a gunman on the loose and it's scary to be a. Do you a have rich any idea white man? what it is like to be a wealthy white man in a lavish apartment? <laughs> like, like, and that's classic Schneider too. It's mm-hmm. like when he talks about being an illegal immigrant. Because he's Canadian. (laughs) And he's like, this is the same as your experience. And everyone's like, no, No. Schneider. It's like the same thing. He's like, it's more scary for me because I'm a white guy Uh, in a fancy apartment. And they're like, no, Schneider. No. But also, yes, you can still stay here. (laughs) (laughs) I love how... They're, so they they start by, and we're, we're going to go through the beats of the episode, so if you want to be surprised, if you like that kind of, because I love being surprised by these things, uh, go watch the episode and come back, but they first hide him, they first hide Max in... Um, in Lydia's room, which is literally just like the den that they've put a curtain over so that she has a little bit of privacy. Uh, so they throw him in there and everyone, she, uh, Penelope's trying to get everyone somewhere so that she can sort of secretly either sneak him out or sneak him somewhere else. Uh, and eventually in in Penelope's attempts to try and do this, um, the, the, the mother Lydia, the, the grandmother Lydia, goes into her room and screams, bloody murder! And you think, oh, you know. She found the shirtless man. She found the shirtless man. Uh, But no, in fact, her succulent is dead. (laughs) And The one that Dr. Berkowitz gave her. Yeah. Yeah. So the succulent is dead and Max is nowhere to be seen. And it's a really good moment because I was thinking, like, what did they do? Okay. And... This is when Schneider comes in, they converse, Schneider knows about Max, so Penelope's able to tell him all about how Max <laughs> He's is here, here somewhere, I He's don't know. somewhere, um, and she's not sure if she wants to be in a relationship with him, or if she just wants to climb him like a beanstalk. <laughs> and at that moment, we find out where Max is, because he pops open the window on the TARDIS. <laughs> And he's been hiding inside the TARDIS. And they they did not make a joke about how it's bigger on the inside because these characters don't know. But they kind of called back to it because they were like, I thought he was taller. Right. <laughs> that was, I thought that was a good little. I, it, like, was, it was a good line. <laughs> oh, but yeah, so that, like, I wrote in all caps, he's in the TARDIS. Um, 
Like, I did not see that coming. And it was right there. And that is good comedy when they show you everything yes. they, they show you the conceit this is the this is the this is this big thing right. remember this is a thing we see sid take it off so mm-hmm. we know it opens in the back yep like we're we're pointing at it it is there it is featured it's not right in the center but it's like it's right there and then when max pops his head out of the window it's just that like oh oh ah <laughs> mm-hmm Oh, it was brilliant. It was very well telegraphed. I was like, I accept you laugh track. That was really funny. <laughs> okay. Uh, there's also the w- moment where uh, Lydia says, every woman needs a man. And then, <laughs> and then both Sid and Elena cough. And then Lydia goes, most women need yes. a man. <laughs> I actually really enjoyed that joke. I mean, and Lydia in general, and I've watched some of the mm. earlier episodes when they deal with um, Elena's coming out as, mm. as gay. And like Lydia's sort of consistently that way, where mm. she slips up, but she's never weird about it yeah you know it takes her like you know part of an episode to sort of get used to the idea Mm. and then every time she makes a mistake she's like oh oh right yeah and then just goes with it and and she'll she'll she loves to give elena romantic advice Mm. and she'll just she's like well but it's the same though it's like i can still give you this advice even if you're looking for girls or whatever Mm. And, and i i always think that that's really kind of and the the character has that sort of um, like self-centered and and very like I am amazing kind of thing, and it translates very well into just being like yes, and I'm supportive, and I'm just going to do this, and it, it, I don't know something mm. about it like in her sense of just like you're my grandkid, and we're we're doing our amazing thing together. It's it's really nice, and that's I think that's how you make these things funny because it yeah. is you know queer people we make jokes like this all the time mm-hmm. because it is there is an absurdity to trying to navigate the world with all of these weird you know cis normative rules and heteronormative rules and then you try to break them and everyone's confused and it's stressful but it's also kind of silly mm. and it's nice if you if you if you know that the core of it is loving and supportive then you can sprinkle those jokes on top and they're funny yeah. because it is kind of funny. <laughs> and I can definitely see my mother-in-law saying exactly that kind of thing <laughs> being like, mm-hmm. yes. And oh, no, wait, but I, I meant, you know, I'll just rephrase that slightly. No one look at me. <laughs> uh, the other one that I really enjoyed. And in this episode, they absolutely respected uh, Sid's pronouns. They use they, um, <laughs> The moment where the police helicopter... So Elena is finally able to communicate that she really likes Sid and is just trying not to mess things up. And oh, and that yeah. whole plot line yeah. where Sid thinks that maybe Elena doesn't like them very much yeah. because Elena's too afraid to talk to them <laughs> and like keeps like trying to get Alex to do it and is like mm-hmm. so... and. And they have that whole conversation at the end where Sid's like, I get it. You're kind of embarrassed of me. And Elena's like, no, I just like you so much. I can't speak. It's so perfect. Like, again, like teenagers just being so flustered. And I love because they give Elena a lot of stuff that would normally go to a teenage boy character. Yeah. Of like, I don't know how to talk to girls. And I'm kind of an awkward nerd. And, you know, everybody around me is a little bit more emotionally, you know, I don't know, mature or or cognizant mm-hmm. than me. 
and and to give her that kind of plot line, I think is really beautiful too. Yeah, because it it never felt like she was for like it it didn't take away from her femininity either. It was just mm-hmm. this is who she is. Yeah, and this as is her person. character, and yeah. this is absolutely a thing that women deal with as well. Um. Ah. Oh, yeah. Also, I'm gonna start using Sherbly Burbly. <laughs> yes. In so many things. <gasps> so cute. Um, oh, this this is like the episode. If I was gonna show anyone an episode of this show, yeah, it would be agreed. this one. Um, there was that moment where Sid and Alex are kind of like messing around on Facebook Live, and then all of a sudden, it's like, yes, if I turn into a zombie, you've got to kill me. No, no, I couldn't do it. No, it wouldn't be me. I would be this this other thing, and then Elena <laughs> just jumps in. I'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> so awkward. Uh, but the one that the one that got me, the one that made there were two moments that just made me cackle. One of them being when they finally move past this, and Sid and Elena understand that they both really like each other, and they kiss. And the police helicopter shines a light on them and says, <laughs> "Kissing teenagers, please go back inside." Oh, it was so. <laughs> That was the best. That was the best moment of the whole episode. Ah, I died. It was so good. And they didn't. They did. The police officers didn't know, but they didn't misgender them. They said yeah. teenagers, which I yeah. thought was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which yeah. Oh my gosh, I love that. Um, the the other one that I wanted to bring up was uh, Schneider saying to Max, "You're like the male Wonder Woman." <gasps> yes. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Yep. Uh, that it was just one of those things I wanted to mention. Um, the whole, and this is where we get into heavy spoilers. I really recommend you just sit down and watch this episode before you listen to the rest of this, uh, to this episode of the podcast. But they talk about having guns in the house. And there are some jokes, like, there's a little something in my nightstand, but it'll never replace your father. (laughs) (laughs) And And everyone's like, I think it's Schneider's like, is it bad that I kind of hope it's a gun? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But there's, like, the whole thing was an incredibly nuanced conversation about, like, both why Lydia felt like having a gun not necessarily wasn't a big deal but she didn't want to bring it up because it made her feel safe and coming from cuba and having to like deal with the political climate that she grew up in and then finally relenting and saying like okay yep let's we need to give this gun to the police (laughs) And, and then goes, she tries okay. to climb out the window and <laughs> give the gun to the police. And Penelope's like, no, no, not now. She specifically yells, we have a gun. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that that was the other one that had me cackling <sighs> because they they set it up so well that it was so like it was a very good, dramatic, nuanced conversation. And they're both such beautiful actresses. Yes. Wonderful job it with it. So well. <gasps> but the the other one was at the end when you find out that Penelope has a secret gun. And they play that yeah. really well because it's like, oh, you think that Alex caught her kissing Max, when in reality, Alex is talking about the fact that not only does he know she has one, 
he has gotten into the space that it exists and has seen it. Yeah. Which chills. Yeah. And and it's it's interesting because they they very much they're very practical about the way they talk about it. Like mm-hmm. there's not a lot of sort of like the greater morality or yeah. how, you know, there's no oh, but if someone really broke in here, you wouldn't actually be able to use it or anything like that. Like yeah. they're very, you know, uh, Penelope's argument to her mother about why she shouldn't have a gun is very much like statistically if there's a gun in the house, the people who get hurt are the people in the house. Yeah. And that's her reasoning. And she's like, it, you know, it doesn't matter if you keep it hidden. We have children's in here. We have a gay teenager mm. in this house. And then she starts to cry. Oh, I almost. Yeah. Oh. And then when Alice confronts her, she turns around with this. She starts talking with the same sort of, well, I was in the army and I know yeah. how to be safe and well, it's protected. And it's because of my personal experience. And she realizes that she's really giving the same reasoning that her, she just talked her mother out of. Yeah. And it's really incredible. Yeah, this was... This this is probably gonna go down in my mind as one of the better moments in any sitcom. Like there there are a couple yeah. that have done the like oh guns uh, storyline. Like honestly, as as weird as this example is gonna be, Gargoyles is the one that I'm immediately thinking of. The there's like a lost episode that you can find on DVDs and I think is now available of everywhere, but. There was an episode that they showed once on television and then never again because it was, I think it was Brooklyn got into, I can't remember her name, the main police lady that helped the gargoyles uh, got a got hold of her gun and accidentally shot himself. And it was what? a very intense, it's a very intense episode. I never episode, saw but that like, episode. Yeah. No, it was, like I said, it aired once and then that was it. Um... But like it, it, it made a lasting impression. <laughs> wow. Um, but yeah, yeah, like this is definitely one of the better pieces I've seen that had an incredibly nuanced take on the gun debate. And ooh, wow! So we should talk about the other episodes because we're <laughs> we're running we're running low on time. We could talk about um, this show for a long time. Seriously, I think. and I guarantee we're not the only people. No. <laughs> like, ah, uh, okay. Um, so we talked a little bit about episode seven. Honestly, Sid isn't in there for very long, and they kind of don't know what to do with them, um, mm. other than just exist and be there with Elena. Um, but let's talk about episode eleven, Homecoming. I absolutely love the "you set my heart on fire" thing. <sighs> Like when she, when so she, she basically, or, oh man, I'm doing it. They, yeah, yeah. Show messed me up. Uh, it's, it's it's easy to to do, I guess. Yeah, no, they. That's why you gotta practice. Yeah, they. Uh, <laughs> so they they created this whole uh, version of we didn't start the fire with things that uh, Elena would enjoy, and part of it was. Like, the whole thing is they're building up Elena's, like, oh, homecoming is stupid and I hate it and it's all for these, like, capitalist blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And then it's like, oh, it's all about, like, so they're all doing these big asks, which is sort of like, 
a thing. I I've heard that it's a thing. I don't know if it's an actual thing amongst the youth. Yeah, but... no, like I know it's kind of a thing amongst mm. almost our generation for like wedding proposals. It became yeah. that big thing to stage an elaborate like mm-hmm. musical number. Yeah, and I I have heard that it is a thing that they're doing for like oh yeah you know like promposals and things right. Uh, but they call it the big Oof. ask, and so they make a big deal about how stupid the big ask is, and how like oh it's ridiculous. And then Elena gets a big ask from Sid, and so of course and she immediately says yes. Everyone's like, we thought he was stupid, and she was like, I was lying, obviously. <laughs> I'm like, again, nothing is more like teenager than that. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think that's really dumb. But mm-hmm. honestly, I was just upset because I wasn't <laughs> included. Yeah. Ugh, I feel um, that. And so the rest of the episode is spent essentially Elena. Um, sorry, I'm just going to fuss with something. But here we go. Okay. Um, so Elena is trying to pretend that she has friends. Which is a really sad. So awkward. Thing. And I don't I mean, know. Sid is, is homeschooled, so yeah. she's just told Sid all these stories about how popular mm-hmm. she is. Uh, and so, oh, Elena. so Elena basically looks up random facts on Facebook about her schoolmates <laughs> and states them to them. And it's honestly the most awkward I have felt watching a sitcom in a very long time. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> uh, I did enjoy the popping and locking by the trash can. <laughs> yes. Um, well, the, and the running gag of like how Elena dances is pretty <laughs> adorable. Yeah. So finally, of course, it's revealed. Like, oh, I don't have. I'm really just friends with the teachers. It's like, oh, that's okay. I'm homeschooled. I don't have friends. Which, knowing a bunch of people who are homeschooled, usually what happens is you work kind of with a collective of other homeschooled kids yeah. and parents, and they kind of get teachers yeah. and go on their own field trips et cetera, although et cetera, i have i have also like, known people who were homeschooled whose parents didn't really didn't know how that. to figure that out yeah. and who were very isolated and uh, sort of okay. not given the same opportunity to learn how to make friends with their peers and mm. I, sid kind of fit that mold to me a little bit where okay. they're super friendly mm. they love people but they also clearly have been sort of maybe a little bit separated yeah and and which is I think just makes them more endearing because they do just want to like be friends with everyone mm. and like they were brave enough to ask Elena and all that stuff and I thought it was like a really sweet part of the character. Mm. Okay, no, I see that. Then that's fine. I it was just it was one of those things where like right, since neither still... of us had that specific yeah. experience, I was drawing from a lot of the experience of people that I know and who mm-hmm. I talked to about that. But yeah, yeah, no, especially if you've met a number of folks that are right. like that. My only thing that. is, I think that mm-hmm. what you're talking about is actually probably more likely given where they live. I'm yeah. thinking of like my super rural upbringing mm-hmm. where there weren't as many after school programs and different things. I mean, like unless you were part of the church and youth group, there weren't as many opportunities yeah. for those kids. So I think your comments still makes a lot of sense and stands as well. But yeah, like, so, but it was really cute that they were like, we should probably make friends. We should make some friends. <laughs> Cause it was sad, but it was Aww. actually like, really cute. <laughs> and making friends is oh. hard. Yeah. Making friends is hard. Especially at that age. That's mm-hmm. the worst age to make friends. 
So, all right. Uh, so we've talked about these four episodes. That was the assignment. Um, let's talk about the questions that I always ask. First off, is it transphobic? Again, you can rate this on a 1 to 10 scale. You could rate this as a noise. You could rate this however you feel you need to rate it. I don't, I don't think it's transphobic. I think it's mm. it's trans light. Mm. There's not a lot of content there to mm. be really transphobic about, mm. but there's not really anybody who doesn't handle it in a way that I find isn't like certain people make mistakes. Certain mm. people think like it's a little weird, um, but I didn't feel like either the characters or the show were dismissive mm. of the identities anyway, or, or thought they were a problem. Mm. Um yeah, I think I think the 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 one episode, the first episode with the um the group of friends. There were there were a couple moments where I felt like they were being a little bit cavalier where the laugh track came in and like look at these ridiculous teenagers with their like that didn't really take the ideas of of pronouns and the ideas of of nerd protests and things mm. quite as seriously as maybe I would have liked. But no, I don't think it's transphobic. Yeah, the, the only other thing that I will say is um, we did not get to do a lot of research on the actor. Uh, I just feel yes. really weird unless they're specifically out in a certain yeah. way, shape, or form to do that on youth. Um, I'm also a lot more lenient on representation when it comes to a youth actor. Um, yeah. There are a lot of examples, and we're going to be talking about uh, good girls uh, this weekend, me and my friend Amy, uh, which does have a, an actor who is explicitly non-binary trans, uh, who's playing a trans non-binary character. Yay! But it is one of those things, like, I just feel really, I don't want to be that person, but at the same time, I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to, like, have to do a deep dive on this young person's identity. They can figure things out, and I'm okay with that. Uh, yeah. But I do need to acknowledge that that is not how everyone in the trans space feels and that yeah. there is the mentality that all representation has to be, regardless of who it is, by uh, uh, oh man, the words are escaping me. You know what I mean? Like the, yeah. like, uh, like own voices, like own, right? Yeah, like, yeah, it, and it, mm -hmm. and you you've mentioned that before, and it is really mm. tricky. Although it occurs to me too, we don't know anything about the specifics of how Sid the character identifies. Mm. We know they use they pronouns, yeah, but we don't know what how they would call themselves or mm. if they're still figuring it out. I mean, for all. It's it's kind of a lapse when you when you talk about these things and don't go into any detail because it leaves you to make so many assumptions. Yeah. For all we know, Sid isn't sure if they're non-binary or not. Maybe they're mm. trying they out to see how it is, or maybe they're still calling themselves a girl mm. and a girlfriend and all these things, but are maybe in the future going to move towards something else too. And that mm. makes the representation a little bit harder as well because again especially when you're dealing with a a, a youth actor mm. to ask them to know what their identity is in mm. order to portray this is really tricky too cuz even with all the information we have now it's when you're young you're still figuring out who you are yeah. and you might not know and you might say oh maybe maybe not mm. 
So like that, I think, makes it more complicated too than if it's an adult character, an adult actor. Yeah, because I know when we were talking about uh, a series of unfortunate events, that was a thing that factored into how I felt about uh, the hench person of the indeterminate gender. Yeah, uh, was I don't know because the actor, et cetera, et cetera. But he's an adult man. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, and it does. Yeah, make a bit of a difference. Yeah, and I again, think. like maybe he'll come out later, and I will be happy to eat my words on that. But it is one of those things where it's like when it comes to, to me, when it comes to adults in a profession who is collecting a paycheck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it should be accurate representation. When it comes to kids, I'm okay with fudging that a little bit. Mm. Like that's maybe not the quote I want. <laughs> take it out of context but if you ever see that quote just that attributed to me please link to this episode and tell them the whole quote um so that said my <laughs> uh i would say for me i would give it like is a transphobic 10 being yes very transphobic uh i would give it like a three like yeah. there are definitely moments for improvement there are definitely yeah. moments of at the very least disambiguation that could be helpful yes uh, i think that's but yeah. it seems like they really were approaching this with respect love and an attempt to show a lot of different viewpoints without putting the subjects on display or making them the point of contention they were a thing they were another flavor of what some of these folks have to learn yes uh, as opposed to I just oh no the whole thing is I I just can't accept oh no that that was never the case mm-hmm. they were always accepted as people and that's what I think they did right um so was it enjoyable so enjoyable yeah I really like this show I'm gonna watch the rest of it yeah for sure I'm I'm definitely gonna binge it at some point it was 100% enjoyable uh if you were like me and only found out about it because it got canceled um please be angry now this can be our generation's firefly I'm very happy with that (laughs) (laughs) what could have been I want Uh, season four I haven't even watched season three yet I haven't even watched all of season two the other (laughs) thing again just to to point out like just to acknowledge we are watching a few random episodes in the middle of the show. So a lot of the things that we're bringing up may have been answered and we're happy to hear. We would love to hear if these things, if these issues that we brought up got answered in episodes that we weren't able to watch yet. Yes. Um, and we're definitely looking to do another follow-up. We'd love to get uh, some more accurate representation critiquing as well. Uh, so if you were touched by one day at a time and uh it w- it felt like y- if you would say that you felt like you were accurately represented on screen or inaccurately represented uh let us know and maybe we can get you on the show yes come on yeah. the show yeah we want to hear from you uh so awesome so silas one of the big things i want to talk about is we have a couple of shows coming up <laughs> We do. Yeah. So on June 19th at the Crane, uh, it'll be part of the Paper Crane. We'll uh, link to that. Uh, we're I'm doing a, another scowl fight. Uh, it is going to be April Rain, who will be issuing an open challenge. That was amazing. Uh, Perfect April timing. He's going to issue an open challenge. And refereeing that 
We don't know his name yet. The secret referee. But a secret referee who will be portrayed by Silas. Uh, I'm tempted to just go with the secret referee the now. Secret referee? Just like wear a mask or something. I mean, honestly. I mean, I, I just make that my scowl thing. All my yeah. characters wear masks. <laughs> masks and elaborate makeup. Um, yes. That and we're also going to be performing it as part of the Trans Theater Labs uh, showcase at the Rattlestick. Uh, that one is, from what I understand... I could be wrong, but from what I understand, that one is uh, free. That's going to be Monday the 24th at noon, uh, which is a funky time, but it's because it's part of the Stonewall 50, 50th anniversary celebration, uh, and as a result, uh, the Rattlestick is trying to put on as much queer performance art as humanly possible uh, in their space. So... Yeah, you got to sign up for that one, uh, and you've got to pay money to come to the Paper Crane, but all the money goes to a really good cause that I will link and probably talk about in the intro to the episode. Um, but, Silas, yes. how can people find you if you want them to online? Uh, you can always find me on Twitter, Inland.Sailor, and you can always find my work on Tor.com under Silas K. Barrett. Awesome. And as for me, obviously, AshleyLaurenRogers.com, or you can find me on Twitter at Lucretia Deerfor, L-U-C-R-E-T-I-A-D-E-A-R, then the number four. Also, Is It Transphobic has its own Twitter. Whoop, whoop. At Is It Transphobic. Not only that, we now have a website, which is something that I've actually been building uh, and working very hard on. Uh, and it is at right now it's at tinyurl.com slash is it transphobic but you can also find it on my website uh, ashleylaurenrogers.com uh, that said yeah let's go ahead and do a motion so that people on patreon that's patreon.com slash is it transphobic will get to see something visual you get to see so much extra visuals. you get to see so much extra visuals i'm wearing an amazing dress from ishaki ashley's dress it's yeah, fantastic it's worth a dollar a month just to see this fantastic <laughs> something visual I might be doing a dance from the 60s. You don't know. <laughs> you don't know unless you pay a dollar a month. All right. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, thank great. you so much for being a part of this. Thank you, Ashley. Always a pleasure. Is It Transphobic was produced, edited, and coordinated by Ashley Lauren Rogers. The Is It Transphobic logo was created by Phoenix Sweeney, and you can see more of their work at tinylionworks.githard.io. The original music you heard was all created by Vivian Allergen, who you can find on Bandcamp at vivianallergen.bandcamp.com. We also used Half Mystery by Kevin McLeod, incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. HTTP colon backslash backslash creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 4.0. <laughs> oh no, don't set the precedent. I'll have to keep buying drugs. Oh! <laughs> All right, I'll, so. I'll help if it comes to that. Thank you. Oh, I'm going to hold you to that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're fine. Everybody. Did you That's all enjoy fine. that? So, that was my foot. Okay. You're welcome. <laughs>
Yeah, so that cord is terrible. I thought I got a good replacement for it. I did not. I got a decent replacement. So if you touch it, it'll scream at the audience. Uh, so I did that's it on it. purpose. The audience deserves it. Music underneath the Chasing the Ghost promo was Hunter by Falls, licensed through Soundstripe. Thank you to AJ Mattioli and Mattioli Productions for the audio consultation.